When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Bulls fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast here on a uh, Tuesday evening. Thank you, everyone, for joining us here on YouTube. If you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, we appreciate you too. I am Mark K from Australia, joined as always by William the Goat Gottlieb. William, how are you, sir? I am doing better than our friend Tori Craig. Bummer of a news that just dropped as we started recording this, that he's going to miss uh, four weeks immobilized with a right plantar fascia strain and then four to six weeks to recover and ramp up after that. Not the news that you want to hear, especially on his birthday. What a, what a tough blow for him and for the Bulls. It's today's birthday. Yeah. Jeez, that's that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, we were uh, we were planning on speaking on a lot of positive things today, I suppose, given that the Bulls have been playing some really good basketball, six and three over their last last nine games. Obviously, an impressive win last night against the Philadelphia 76ers. Won a game that they won without Tory Craig, which we know now is problematic in the sense that we won't be seeing Tory Craig for probably at least two months, William. So, um. You alluded to it there. Maybe you can detail everyone listening in, tuning in as to what the uh, the, or the news that sort of just dropped just before we went live. Yeah, um, the Bulls just announced from their team Twitter account and PR sent the memo that Troy Craig has been diagnosed with an acute sprain of his right plantar fascia. He'll be immobilized for approximately four weeks, followed by a period of rehabilitation projected to require an additional four to six weeks. And yeah, I mean... Obviously, Craig was like a, a key free agent signing um, and has not been a starter. He's been playing, um, let's see here, uh, you know, a meaningful role, but not like, you know, heavy minutes. He's 21 minutes per game, six points per game. Um, but obviously, like the depth at that position, I think, is a really mm. important part of not just any not just the bulls rotation, but any rotation. I mean, those big wings, those uh, power forwards who can defend, who can shoot threes are really important. And his offensive rebounding has been so critical for the bulls as they become um, a team that really focuses on that. So uh, with Zach being out extended period of time with uh, Alex Crusoe missing time here and there, like there's going to be some minutes up for grabs there at the power forward spot. And hopefully Crusoe stays healthy and he can kind of soak up the majority of those, but Maybe we see some some Dale and Terry minutes, some Julian Phillips minutes, which can be exciting. But obviously, you know, with the way the Bulls are playing right now, you want them to have all their best contributors, whether it's starters and stars to rotation players. And Craig has been 
you know, a huge piece of what the Bulls have done all year. He's been really consistent. Yeah, more specifically, the last 10 games, uh, nine points per game. Uh, second in the team or on the team in three-point makes. That shouldn't go unnoticed as well. Like we obviously know that Kobe is doing his thing from the three-point line. Pat has sort of lifted up his three-point percentage too. But Tory Craig over the last 10 games, uh, averaging two, two three-point makes a game at over 50% um, from the three-point line. That's... That, that's t- that's a tough loss, particularly if you're replacing him with someone like Daylon Terry as an example, who we all know is not necessarily a three-point shooter. So you, you lose that sh- shooting flexibility. You mentioned the offensive rebounds, 2.1 per game over that 10-game span, which is third on the team. That's a critical element for the Bulls as well, who have been a very, very good offensive rebounding team over the last 10 games. So Craig has added a dynamic to this team, particularly like when you take Pat off the court, that you could put on a facsimile of Pat in, in a lot of respects, um, both in terms of size, game, those sorts of things. But there's been lineups out there where Billy has been playing both of those guys too, where you could put out two big six foot seven, six foot eight wings who can guard up in the in the way that Tory and Pat can do. Like you just lose that flexibility. And Craig has been very, very important as well in those Caruso-less minutes, whether that's because Caruso has been out injured or just been off the floor, like, having Craig go out there and, you know, bring that defensive intensity and that hustle that he has been to lose that now and to lose that 20 minutes per game that he has been playing over those last 10 games, it's going to be a tough place to sort of fill that and, and how Billy goes to do that. I don't know. I guess you've got to pray and hope that Caruso stays healthy because otherwise you are diving into the bench or deeper into the bench. And I think one of the reasons why the Bulls have been more successful of late is because Billy has been shortening that rotation to eight, sometimes nine guys, depending on the game and, and the way the game's progressing. So I think this could be a sneaky big injury. Uh, Toy Craig is an important part of this team. And the fact that it's a long-term injury at, at minimum, probably eight weeks, possibly 10 weeks, maybe longer, depending on how it recovers. Like this is actually pretty substantial news. And I think the other piece here, and we'll talk more about this stuff in, you know, the later part of the show, but like, to me, he was a big trade chip that could be on the table for the Bulls. Like, you know, looking at some of the potential destinations for Zach Levine, the Lakers, the Kings, like those are teams that would probably have to send a contributor, a, you know, big piece of their rotation at power forward back to the Bulls in order to match salaries. And Torrey Craig being a power forward who can shoot and really fit into any roster on a veteran minimum contract, like that's a valuable mm-hmm. piece that the Bulls could send back to whatever team to sort of um, grease the wheels. And, you know, with him being out for three months, two to three months, um, that could totally change what happens with the Bulls uh, at the trade deadline too. So um, really just a bummer for for Tory for the Bulls, and um, obviously throws a wrench into some of their future plans as well. Yeah, it does. It does. So, uh, yeah, look, it's disappointing. Let's see how the Bulls evolve through this stretch without Tory Craig. Like I said before, it's going to be a long stretch. Um, you know, if this, to your point around the whole trade piece, if if Tory is out beyond the trade deadline, then, then that, that impacts things from that point of view, assuming for whatever reason the Bulls wanted to move on move on from Tory. So there are a lot of ramifications here, but obviously the news is just breaking. We don't fully understand what it means for the team, the rotation, if they're able to overcome the injury. Um, let's hope they can, obviously, but... Um, yeah, just, I guess, prayers up to Tory Craig, who was having a really good season, uh, contributing, and unfortunately now, on his birthday, he's been ruled out for a, a large chunk of time, which sucks. 
it sucks, William. But um, let's maybe try to pick up the mood somewhat and talk about these young upstart Chicago Bulls who are 6-3 and three over their last nine games, playing some extremely good basketball. 6-0 and oh when Alex Caruso plays, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Kobe White continuing this heater. Absolutely insane shooting percentages. Uh, the way the team is doing it, like who they're doing it against, and the fact that it's the young guys driving this as well. I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, I listened to the podcast last night. There were some interesting takes from all angles last night. I kind of agreed with all of you guys uh, in some respects. But uh, I want to expand on this. The fact that the, the Bulls are playing good. They're playing against, or they're playing good against good teams as well. And like I said before, it's it's generally being the young guys that are, have driven this sorts of things. So... I know this is a small uh, sample game, uh, sample size, William. That it's only nineteen, uh, so nine games, and I don't necessarily think we should just ignore the previous nineteen games or whatever it may have been. But maybe that's what we can discuss: is what should we be doing here? What sample size should we be pouring more attention into? Yeah, I think it's it's really the the biggest question right now. I mean, I think a lot of fans, even in the comments, like you know, talking about how. Uh, optimistic they are about this team it's like it's a nine game sample size of them playing really good basketball and i think you have to take it for exactly that it's a nine game sample size of them playing good basketball um you know the recency bias is a big thing here and like you want to buy into the way that they've done it uh the fact that they've done it with the group that they've done it with meaning they've done it without zach Levine. um but i don't think it's fair that you just like absolve them of the 5 and 14 start either uh, that's a part of this season. It's a part of this group. And hopefully they, you know, continue to look more like they have than the last nine games. But, um, you know, when you're making big decisions about the roster moving forward, I think what you have to do is look at the bigger picture. And that to me extends even beyond this season to last season and the season prior, when you really have a, a huge sample of what this group is with um, without Lonzo Ball and what they've been since he went down. So to me, yeah, it's great that they're playing well, but like you can section off any, like you you can find a way to spin positivity or negativity with looking at any possible section. And it's really just about like looking at the whole. And to me, like not much has changed except for the fact that Zach has went out and has been out. Um, and so I think that's where things get a little bit more interesting because it's not just like you can point to this three-year sample of them playing with the exact same roster. Like now we're starting to see a little bit of a different style of play, a style that I think they kind of aspired towards uh, starting in training camp. And they're actually putting pen to paper to seal a term from Zach. So um, is this exactly who they're going to be for the rest of the season? Probably not this exact version, but I think it's, to me, it feels safe to say that it's like, it should look closer to this than to the first 19 games but at the end of the day like that 19 games counts towards the schedule the towards the standings and that's a that's the reason why the bulls are in the hole that they're in so they can play a couple of nice games against the heat and the sixers and feel like things are looking great and they're cooking and they're feeling good about themselves and they should because they have been playing well but they've still got a ton of work to do and i think that that counts towards the bottom line i don't think you can just like wipe that away i don't disagree this is going to be interesting because generally we do agree on pretty much everything and maybe that makes for boring podcasting sometimes. But this is one where 
I, I agree with elements of what you're saying. And obviously you can't erase the first 19 games from the record or, or the record more generally. Obviously they went five and 14 or whatever it was at, at, at that point in time. Obviously we know things have flipped now. Um, I certainly am not a big believer in small samples. I need to see more from Kobe. Let's just let's just hone in on Kobe, for example. I need to see more like what does this look like when the shooting does subside? I don't necessarily think he's going to go back to year one or year two Kobe, but like what is the actual normal Kobe look like? Similarly, like how does the team respond to that when he flattens out a little bit? How does Kobe respond when he gets more, you know, or different defensive attention now that he is acting as the primary guy? Like those are the questions that I have. And that's why I don't necessarily buy into this specific nine-game sample. So I, I, I get what you're saying in terms of sm- small sample sizes, how you can cut it to make it look all different ways and shapes and sizes and how we can't necessarily erase the first 19 games. But at the same time, I just can't ignore the line of demarcation as to how this team has responded post-Zach. Let's just call it that. And for me, particularly like just how I view the game and particularly with the game of the basketball where it, every action you do and how both sides of the, of the court is connected vibes matter so much to this sport and to teams and the way this team is talking about themselves and the way they're playing right now. I don't think we can just sort of look to, to that first 19 games and look at this current nine game sample and say, this is still the same team. Like I think things can change. Obviously that first 19 games is going to impact this team from a win loss perspective, which may ultimately impact what this team does this season in terms of whether they're a playing team, assuming they can get back to the playing or hell, maybe if, if things didn't pan out the way they did in the first 19 games, maybe we could be talking about a playoff team. But so to your point, yes, the first 19 games yeah. are what they are from a win-loss point of view. But They count I towards the record. They absolutely do. But I also think this is a very different basketball team. And we're going to talk a lot about Zach in segment two and three about this show, on this show rather but I can't ignore what this team is telling me over the last nine games. And it's very glaring what they're telling me, particularly in light of Zach being here. So do I expect them to remain at this winning rate where, you know, they're winning six out of every nine games and being this good on both sides of the ball and shooting it at the extreme levels that they are. No, uh, that they are right now. No, I don't expect that, but I do expect things to continue in the right manner and, uh, and, the right manner in which they have currently, because I, like I said, I think this team is telling us and showing us something right now that is very different to that first 19 games. So I don't, I don't want to ignore the first 19 games and that first 19 games is informing my opinion of Zach Levine and what they should be doing with Zach going forward. But I think what we're seeing with this non-game sample as well is informing me what they should be doing about this team going forward too. And why I think building around or trying to keep some of these young guys around and, seeing what you've got more with them with some of these veterans, why it also makes sense to do that too. Um, well, why don't you go into more detail then about what about uh, this stretch has been so convincing because, um, you know, clearly they're playing a lot better. I'm not taking that away from them. No. Um, my, my whole point is like they've played really poorly at times this season and they played a lot better at times this season. Uh, all of that counts towards the season. And um, I think clearly, like you mentioned, that line of demarcation with Zach being out, there there has been a lot that's different about this team. Um, so, like, what about the way that they play during the stretch um, has you buying stock and makes you feel like there's, you know, whether, like, for example, Kobe's probably not going to be a 50% three-point shooter on nine and a half attempts per game. 
uh, for the rest of his life. Like that's just not realistic. Um, but I think there's a lot within his game that makes me feel confident that even if he's not shooting at that level, he's still going to be really good. Um, the way that he's driving, the way that he's passing out of pick and roll, um, the fact that he hasn't shot the ball well at the rim, I think there's a lot of scope for improvement there. Um, mm -hmm. So there's plenty of examples for me within Kobe's game and frankly within the whole team that make me feel like this is, like I said, a lot closer to the version of the team I expect to see moving forward. But I guess what specifically in your mind are you looking at when you say, you know, post Zach Levine injury, that this is these are X, Y, and Z things that I think can sustain throughout the rest of this season and beyond. Well, let me be clear. So I still think this needs to be a rebuild of some short shape and form. I don't necessarily think it needs to be torn down to the studs um, because Kobe has shown me more than maybe what I was expecting. Even Pat and I have probably shown me more than what I've been expecting, to be honest, too. Um, but in terms of the way they're going about it, and my, as we can see in the comment here on the screen from Michael Henneman, like the fact that they're doing this against the competition that they are, like that to me adds weight, I guess. Like if they were doing this against Charlotte and San Antonio and Washington and running up the score and winning games against those teams, which they have done, to be fair, they, they did beat the Spurs and, 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 the, and the Hornets, but they've also had some pretty impressive wins against real teams. And even in some of these losses, they've been very, very close losses. Like if you're going to lose on a last second jumper to Jimmy Boller in a game that the team more generally plays extremely good basketball on both sides of the ball, I'm going to be happy with that. So taking a step back, just to be very clear, like I still think this needs to be a rebuild. I still don't think there's enough blue chip young assets on this team. I still think you need to trade Zach and Caruso. Like those holistic things that I believe in are still true. But what I'm enjoying right now is the offensive flow, as an example. The way the team is getting into their initial action, the way things are flowing to second side stuff, the way that the usage is split the way it is. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the game against the Sixers, whoever they played the prior game. The, the mix in the usage was just beautiful. Like every starter had between 11 to 13, 14 shots, something like that. The way the ball is flowing, the fact that I don't have to sit here now, William, and think about like, and talk about how Zach, Demar, and Vooch can't coexist. Like that, because that hasn't been a thought in my head and something that I haven't had to really put much mental energy towards over the last two to three weeks, it has just made watching Bulls basketball extremely more interesting. And the fact that Kobe is such a better fit with Demar and, and you know, with Demar and Vooch, the way Pat has sort of found his flow within the offense and how the team is just able to now to get more defensive or more defensive uh, versatility on the floor without Zach as well. Like I'm enjoying what they're doing on defense too. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm just liking what I'm seeing more generally across both sides of the ball. I will always say that both sides of the ball are connected. The way the offense is flowing and humming with Kobe and DeMar and Vooch all finding the synergy amongst each other and how that's leading into good offense, which ultimately is helping their defense. Like I, those elements I do think are sustainable, even if the shooting does cool down. And the fact that this team is playing for each other, like I, even like I said, coming back to what I said before, I still believe in a rebuild. I still don't believe in necessarily the young talent on here. I need to see more younger pieces in addition to Pat and Kobe and Io for me to feel comfortable where, the, where this next iteration of the team is ultimately heading. So, I don't necessarily want this to be a 38-win team and they lose out on potentially procuring that young talent that I really want. But at the same time, in the moment, based on the games that we're seeing and the growth that we're seeing from these guys, uh, particularly the younger players and the development they're showing whilst playing with the vets, like to me, it's just encouraging. And I'm, I'm just 
I, I don't really have anything bad to say right now because everything this team is doing, whether it's holistically as a team or the players more specifically, they're answering all of the questions, all of my hopes. Like, for example, like Pat, I, I know people like to suggest that I'm a, a Patrick Williams hater and that, um, you know, I only speak ill will of Patrick Williams. But I haven't said a bad thing about Patrick for the last month. And the reason for that is he, like, he's doing what I've always asked him to do. Similar with Io, like he's doing it on both sides of the ball. Kobe White, like I was a Kobe detractor in years past. He has now shut me the fuck up because he's playing extremely good basketball. So when you do good things, I'm going to enjoy them. But at the same time, like I can take a step back and still think that holistically things need to change. But right now, I guess I'm just enjoying good basketball because it's been a, a nice reprieve and it's happening in the manner in which I hoped it would. Yeah, no, I think all that's fair. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with the way that they're playing. I don't think you can. Yeah, yeah, it's no, like you're either that. watching them yeah. play good basketball or you're not watching them. Um, well, I, I'm not saying you are. I think that's what the the comments are offering at me right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're playing a lot better. And obviously that's there's like reasons for optimism there. Um, to me, it's like, you know, is this going to be like, I, I guess, yeah, we're just going to need to see this for more than nine games before we make any, uh, you know, grand conclusions about what this is. And I wonder, like, at what point that will, I will be convinced that, like, this is who they are. Um, but, yeah, like, winning games against the Heat and the Sixers and playing the Bucks as closely as they did and beating them uh, as part of that initial win streak, like, yeah, it's, it's 100%. It's been great. And it's been... I think the version of the team that we should have seen all along. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you want to maybe get into some of that rebuild stuff because I, I thought that that was uh, that's kind of where I wanted to take this from the get. And um, I think yeah, okay. Well, look, this... I, I think we can make grand conclusions. Uh, to be very clear, I think we can sit here and say that this isn't enough. If it, it just depends on the scope of the conversation and the, and the perspective of the conversation. If we're talking about where we see this team in three to five years' time, a team centered around Kobe, Io, and Pat, to me, isn't enough. I maintain that view, even though that I'm enjoying what I see right now. So um, I think we can still make grand conclusions, and I'm more than happy to do so. And maybe we spend some time maybe doing so after an ad break because um, we've got to pay some bills, William. And uh, we appreciate the fact that DraftKings are here to help us pay said bills. But also, the DraftKings are here to help us enjoy our sports, to help us make money when we're watching these bulls do their thing. Is that your uh, leading me into reading that? That was my leading for you to pick okay, it up. Okay, just yeah, making sure. Was, yeah, look, <laughs> you and I just don't right now have the same synergy that Kobe White and, you know, DeMar DeRozan do, but we'll work on that. We'll get better. It's fine. We're, we're working on it. Uh, but for everybody else and for NFL spins, NFL fans in particular, it's time to unwrap nonstop football action because this holiday season, throw down big on big matchups at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet five bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. There's a great slate of games this upcoming weekend, and you should get in on all the action. So you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. New customers can get five, can bet $5 on NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem. Gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Thank you, William. I will now lead into my ad read, which is from Game Time. <laughs> now, friends, if you want to go see these amazing, just upstart winning basketball team that is the Chicago Bulls do their thing, well, guess what? They got a six game homestand coming up. So if you want to go see the Bulls do the thing, watch Kobe Wright absolutely cook at home at the United Center. Then, can I suggest you use the Game Time app to go and procure those tickets? Get your hands on those tickets, download the app. And uh, you'll be able to find tickets for yourself, your friends, whatever it might be, whether you're trying to get to a Bulls game, whether it's a, another sporting event, a concert, a comedy show, a theater show, whatever it might be, our friends at game time can hook you up with the, your uh, last minute ticket needs for any event that you want to get to. So uh, like I said, the Bulls got six games coming up. We've got a game against the Lakers coming up tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. And then there's, there's uh, another win on the board against the San Antonio Spurs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, an extremely mid-team right now. Uh, I think that could be another dub. You've got another mid-team coming into Chicago, the Atlanta Hawks. And then the Pacers, who have started to dwindle somewhat as well. So there's some winnable games coming up on uh, in the United Center, potentially, hopefully. I'm, I'm hoping we can, can be uh, continuing talking about these wins. But if you want to go see these games in person, see the balls in person, then jump onto the game time app, download it. And when you do, uh, create an account if you don't have one and use promo code CHGO. And when you do, you get $20, uh, $20 off your first purchase. Of course, terms and, and conditions do apply. But again, just to be clear, Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code CHGO, and when you do, you will get $20 off your first uh, first purchase. So download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, William, coming back to the podcast, now leading into segment two, so it's very clear for some of us. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> You're off your game a little bit today. I was gonna, I was gonna lead into the to the to the show. Braggsy comes up Braggsy, on screen. He doesn't realize he's on mute. Doesn't realize he, he's, he's off muted. his game today. I thought for sure you were referencing me when you. I were wasn't the cue. Not everything's like, about okay, you. Segment two, idiot. That's why. That, wow. That's how. It, that's how that. No, he was Look, he was calling me idiot. Don't worry, Brags. I was just gonna <laughs> not make all about you. To the fact that the Quaff King's hair is not as quaffed as usual, so maybe that's throwing his game. I off. normally wear a hat. That's why. I'm not talking I about you. It's not everything's about you, Brad. <laughs> God, what is it with the producers on this show the last few weeks? Joey just avoiding us. Bragg's just being a complete malcontent. I mean, shout out to Sarah. She's you know she does a great job. Who who was on our show? Uh, uh, what's her name? Steven. Steve was. Stephen did a great job last week, but Joey just wants nothing to do with us. And then Bragsy, bloody Bragsy. I love Bragg's. I'll tell you what, I wish I could meet Braggs. I wish Braggs and I were friends in real life. I think we'd get on quite quite handsomely. But I think uh, you guys do get on quite ham- quite handsomely in real life. <sighs> yeah, but uh, anyways, he's throwing me now. Go on, Braggs. What was I doing? 
We're well, talking can, about uh, the Bulls and talking about rebuilding and all that nonsense. Talk about it. <laughs> well, I think, right. you know, just looking at the comments here, Fish pointing out a little, a little testy today in the old comment section, uh, which I love. I'm here for it. Uh, but I think the one thing that everybody's agreeing on here is that it is time to move away from Zach Levine. He seems mm. to be the, uh, according to the comments, the real issue with the team that was holding everybody back. Uh, Brandon has been very uh, adamant that you just need to get the pieces back from Zach and, you know, just, you know, cater to the young guys. It's not rocket science. Seen a lot of uh, anti Zach Levine agenda in here. And if we can turn that to some recent reporting from Sam Amick at The Athletic, there was a super interesting article uh, that came out yesterday that I wanted to dive into a little bit because we didn't really have a chance yesterday on the post-game show. Um, So I think the first thing is like Rich Paul went on the record on one of these stories, which it's pretty rare. You don't really see that very much. And um, it's just, it's fascinating to see the way that this Zach Levine trade saga has kind of unfolded from like a general NBA standpoint, because I mean, for as as much as it seems that the comment section is like out on Zach, that's very much true for the rest of the league, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Rich mm-hmm. Paul went on record in uh, on, at Sam Amick's piece and basically said that for all this talk about Zach and the Lakers, that's not the case. He said, quote, it's not just one team. I don't have a specific destination for Zach. I want what's best for Zach and his family. When you have a guy playing the game, you want him to be able to play the game happy, whether that's in Chicago or somewhere else. He went on to say, in the event the, the Bulls decide they would like to go a different direction with the team and it involves Zach, then I'm sure we'll have conversations to get clarity on what's best for both sides. Until then, the goal is to get healthy and return ready to go. So like, I think that the general... like reception to this was more that like it's not the lakers but to me this is like laying the groundwork for zach returning i mean that's that's what this is he's saying like it's not you know he's out or else it's saying you know we're just we want to find the right situation for him to be happy and if that's with the bulls then maybe that's with the bulls but like to me i think that 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 point was kind of missed in the general narrative around it and like that's a huge that's a huge adjustment from where things were. And based on again the comments, um, don't think uh, the, the Chicago fan base would be that pleased about it. Um, what is your sense of just the Zach Levine narrative right now? It seems like it's been totally warped. Like nobody believes in this guy, thinks he's good, even like independent of his contract, which I think is really the like the limiting factor here as far as other yeah. teams trading for him. Um, mm-hmm. But like people think he's just like holding the team back. He's a selfish player. That's the reason why the bulls suck. Um, and now without him, this cloud is lifted. Like to me, there's an element of it that, that that's true, but it was more that like he was really unhappy and he was playing really poorly and not buying into the system. And that was very obvious based on the way that he was playing. And that was kind of holding the team back more so than just like he is a bad player and a bad guy like he just kind of quit on the team and i think that's like not great I, I i don't think um like i don't think that's really something that you can defend but i also think that like the way people are talking about zach is like gotten a little 
off base here. And like, obviously this recent stretch from the Bulls without him, the fact that they're playing so well and moving the ball so well only makes it look worse for him. Yeah, look, so I certainly agree with that. Now, if I was the uh, contrarian that some dopes think that I am, I would say, no, the Bulls absolutely cannot trade Zach Levine. They have to keep him, do all that sort of stuff and reverse my previous opinion. But I think the people are right when they say Zach needs to go. And I remain steadfast on this. I didn't read this particular uh, Sam Amick report or story, which was a good read. I, I suggest people go read it on The Athletic if they haven't. But when Rich Paul went on record and spoke about this, I didn't read this as him laying the groundwork of him returning or Zach returning to Chicago. What I read into this was, uh, you know, Rich trying to sort of reestablish that, hey, Zach is actually a good guy, someone that's amenable to playing in multiple places, uh, not necessarily just the Los Angeles thing. Maybe teams are scared away or not necessarily interested in offering something to the Bulls for Zach because they just think he's someone that's you know got his uh you know one, one track mind for LA type thing. So maybe this was just Rich Paul doing the thing whereby he's trying to get more teams into this, trying to get Zach to somewhere else away from Chicago. Like that's the way I read into this specific thing with the focus of this story being the Sacramento King. So even though there was that line in there from Rich Paul saying whether that's with whether you know Zach's returning to Chicago or playing somewhere else that he would be amenable to that thing. To me, like this was still a hey, I'm Zach Levine and I want to be traded type story. I think and to be clear, really I agree with you that like that yeah. is still the goal from both sides. Like I think yeah. Zach wants out, he wants to find a new home, and the <clears> Bulls <throat> are motivated to find him a new home. But the fact that like this story led with this line that you know. I'm sure we'll get clarity on what's best for both sides if they decide to go another direction that involves Zach. I mean, that that is a kind of a bombshell that they would like lead that story with kind of not laying the groundwork for a return, but expressing that like a return is not totally off the table. And the reason I think they're saying that is because right now with the way Zach's trade market is, there isn't a trade market. And so from the Bulls perspective, like, do you salary dump him? I mean, like, there aren't, they mentioned the Kings and maybe we just get into that quote here real quick because um, that obviously is a piece of this here, but it, it, he went on to talk about the Kings and what their plan is. And uh, there's a quote that says, it's still worth highlighting that the Kings current roster focus appears to be on the value of adding additional shooting and offense above all else. OG Ananobi more specifically does not appear to be of significant interest to the Kings and per league sources, Levine would be very amenable to a Sacramento move that would make him Fox's backcourt mate. Um, so obviously I think Zach has interest in going to Sacramento. Um, and we can talk about that fit if you want, but like mm -hmm. to me, okay. So let's say the Lakers and the Kings are the two suitors out there and you can get like Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell from the Lakers or Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter from the Kings. Like those are serviceable rotation players that would help the Bulls for sure. But are they really unloading the draft capital tank? Um, are they giving up young players? Do they have young players to give up that are interesting? I don't really feel that way. And, you know, the other whole piece of the story is like Zach's contract is so big that, you know, it doesn't really make sense for teams to, you know, overpay to acquire him because that's a huge risk on their part. And to me, like, I wonder, you know, I 100% I agree that like it's time to move on from. Zach, I think that's in an ideal world. If the Bulls can get a good 
package. Like that's what they should do. Clearly they are surviving without him. Clearly there's like, you know, not, not to say that like he has any bad, any ill will against any of his teammates or the coaches or anything like that. I don't know that, but um, that was affecting the way that the team was playing, having him on the team and um, having that trade request out there. Um, but like, what if it's just Harrison Barnes and Kevin Hurt are coming back? No picks or one future lightly protected pick, heavily protected pick. I mean, is it just in your mind like trade Zach Levine because addition by subtraction and whatever you can get that could be helpful? Or are you still thinking about this in terms of like trying to set yourself up a little bit better for the future? Because as you said, you still feel like, you know, the Bulls need to rebuild and that as great as Kobe and Io and Patrick have been playing, you still need more in the form of young talent um, for them to, to, for you to feel better about like the future of this team. And I agree with that. Yeah. So I, coming to this story, back to this story, I think two things are happening here. So the first thing is, I don't know if we see this story, if the Bulls aren't six and three. So the fact that the Bulls, well, to be fair, this, this story came out prior to the Philadelphia 76ers win. So they're five and three in their previous eight games. If the Bulls are still bad and languishing at the bottom without Zach Levine, and we, you know, they're not playing the way they are right now, where we can at least credibly have the conversation of, is this team better without Zach? then I don't think we see this story. So I think that's part of it. The other part that I think is interesting here is, and another thought that I had when reading it was, is this Rich Paul trying to tell LA that, hey, we want you, we want to get to LA, but you know there might be some competition for you. You might be umming and ahhing whether you really want Zach, but uh, uh, if you continue to um, um and ah and not be committed one way or another, that a team might like Sacramento or whomever it may, may, may be may jump in here and, and steal him away from you. And you may not get that opportunity to get yourself that high leverage guard that you really need to support guys like Anthony Davis and, uh, and LeBron, LeBron James. So like, that's the way that I was kind of reading it as well. But yeah, I just don't know if the story appears without the Bulls doing what they're doing right now. But coming back to your question around, do I think that they need to trade Jack uh, Zach just to, to get on with it and move on and do those sorts of things? I'm not convinced that this can be repaired in in a lot of respects. Like clearly, you, look, maybe this isn't something that we we can report, and obviously we're speculating on this. But I, there's no reason to believe that Zach Levine believes in Billy Donovan. Uh, there's no reason to believe that the fact that Zach has been aligned with the idea of moving via trade that this won't be something that comes up again. If he's clearly annoyed that. Arturis Karnaschovas has listened to office in the past. Why are we to believe now that he won't remain annoyed in future type thing? So add that to the fact that the way this team is playing, the fact that there's more scope and opportunity now for guys like Kobe, Io, and Pat, even with Damar and Vooch being around, like these guys have enough room right now to be able to find and explore their games. I do think there is a lot of value in trading Zach Levine, even if right now... Maybe you're getting 60, 60 cents on the dollar, whereas maybe theoretically, had they dealt him six months ago, they could have got 80 cents on the dollar. Like maybe that's true, but I do believe that there is, you know, addition by subtra- subtraction by moving him on. And I think it is time for both parties for a whole whole host of reasons. But ultimately, I'm disappointed in Zach. And I am i don't think people are wrong if they are disappointed in him too, because I don't think he's good enough to play the 
I'm a superstar card. I'm going to sit out and you're and watch this team just you know completely dismantle around me type thing. I don't think he's good enough to have that leverage play. I do find it amusing that even though he and Rich Paul and Clutch have played that game, that this is the way it's all unfolding, whether it was by design or not. So I don't have much sympathy for him. Um, sadly, unfortunately, I'm prepared for it to be over. I want it to be over. I want Zach Levine to be gone for a number of different reasons. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And I don't think okay, people but are let me... feeling that way. I, I'm not saying you are wrong to feel that way, and I don't necessarily disagree. But to me, just the way that this um, trade market has materialized, and a lot can still change between now and February eighth. Um, like, I think there's a, a real possibility that you're like not even looking at any picks. You're just looking at salary matching and maybe some salary relief because um, you know I was looking at some of the the cap stuff. And, you know, the Bulls still have big decisions to make this summer. I know it's, they're playing well. Kobe's been great. And he is on just like an incredible steal of a contract for the next, uh, for the remainder of this year and then two more. Um, and that really like opens up the door for the Bulls to be in a good position um, for, you know, the, the next couple of seasons, which is not something that we would have said a month ago or two months ago. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, what if it's just a salary dump effectively? Um, because you still need to bring back Demar if that's the direction you want to go. You still need to bring back Patrick, and if you're bringing back Demar for a raise, which is kind of what it seems like he wants, um, or even like the same dollar value, and you bring back Patrick at fifteen million dollars a year, which is less than what he wanted. He wanted in like the twenty to twenty-two range, and the Bulls were offering less than that. Like, so you get a, a value deal on Patrick. You get. Demar back for what he's making now, which is less than what he wants. You're still like five million dollars, four and a half million dollars into the luxury tax if you don't trade Zach. So a big piece of this trade is going to be can the Bulls get some salary relief because that's the only way they can bring this group back. And even if they do only get salary relief um, and like you know veteran players that can be depth pieces, then you're still in the same position that you were when you entered the season, which is Demar and Vooch. And, you know, obviously you're, you're reoriented towards Kobe and I own Patrick, which I think is a great thing. It's the direction they should go. And I think those guys will um, really benefit from having Vooch and Damar if he stays around. But you're kind of in that same position you've always been in. And so I think in a lot of ways, salary relief is going to be a huge piece of what the Bulls get. And part of me feels like that's going to come at the expense of assets. Um, a lot of people, even in the comments who want Zach gone are saying, get him for picks. Like, I think there's a world where you're not getting any picks back because that's just where the market is for Zach right now. And so at that point, is it better to hang on to him and see if you can like make the most out of the the second half of the season and try to deal with it in the summer? Um, or are you like, okay with salary dumping him just to move forward without him? I am okay with it. And I will detail why after you, William, tell everyone about our friends at Factor. But before you do, I just thought I'd add in. Look at me just jumping in. Here just because it, it sticks to the conversation you guys are having about Zach Levine. But AK499 Super Chat asks, if the Bulls were to trade Zach Levine and build around Kobe P. Will, who would you guys want as a two guard? 
Well, Bragsy, I was going to save that super chat for the next segment, but um, seeing as you have just interrupted the show. <laughs> well, no, and... now that's a teaser. We were like, well, we'll address that <laughs> after the ad break. I don't know. I just thought maybe you'd want to keep that in the Zach Levine. No, I think. Shut up. I'll just, I'll, you know, <laughs> that's what I Wow, what a teaser that was. Thank you, Greg Bragg. So let's answer AK's question when we return from the uh the preordained ad rate that we were going to do. Well, Sometimes like up. you just you gotta stop what you're doing and you gotta have some food. And yeah. if you're gonna do that, you get it from Factor Meal Kit because this bustling holiday season, you might be looking for a nutritious, flavorful meal to fuel you on your jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service that can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meals over the holidays with 35-plus chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle to meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, protein-plus, and more wholesome options. They've got uh, calorie-conscious options that have 550 or less calories per serving and can help support an extra boost to your wellness goals and have you feeling best your, your best during the holidays. You can also get Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein per serving. They don't just do dinner. They've got breakfast and lunch as well with grab-and-go snacks and ready-to-drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. And I can tell you guys, I've had this delivered to... Uh, my home a couple of different times. I've gotten one that was veggie and vegan because my girlfriend's vegetarian and she wanted to try some. And then I got one that was the uh, protein plus meals. They're really good, really easy. You just pop them in the microwave and they're never frozen and very tasty. So this December, get Factor Meals at factormeals.com slash CHGO Bulls. And you can use promo code CHGO Bulls 50 to get 50% off. That is factormeals.com slash bulls using promo code bulls 50 to get 50% off. Factor Meals, they're delicious. Go for it this holiday season. Factor Meals, keeping you green on the inside, William, but our friends at Comet keeping us all green on the outside. And they're doing that by making it easier than ever for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something that we can all get behind. I'm sure we all agree with that for the health of the planet. And for the well-being of all of us who share in its absolute glory. Yeah, electric vehicles are the trade Zach Levine of uh, the green movement. Everybody's on board with it. And if the electrical grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs, as well as move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow, Dave's favorite band. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should our business owners do, William? Well, number one, you should go to comment.com slash clean to learn more about resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business. Good for the planet. Good for all of us, even me and Marquet. Go to comment.com slash clean. Cool. I've got my pen here. I just want to make sure that I read that correctly and I'm writing it down right. But did you say comment.com slash clean? comed.com slash clean go now and see how going electric connects connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come that's called there you go future unprotected draft picks baby 
let's talk that business. So before we do talk about that, let's get to uh, AK's, uh, what's the name, Super Chat. Talking about business, thank you for the Super Chat. That file, $4.99, we appreciate it, AK. Bragsy, thank you for putting up it on the screen. Uh, that's very helpful for William and I to have it at this point in the show. So AK asks, if the Bulls were to trade uh, to trade Zach and build around Kobe and P-Will, who would you add as a two-guard? And I think that's an interesting segue, William, I think into this piece around the Sacramento Kings and this idea that you were talking about before about maybe trading Zach and it only being a salary dump. Now, I don't think trading well I guess let's 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 be clear. What what do you mean by trading or what a salary dump is to you because maybe it's a different thing to me, but as an example to answer AK's question and to connect this whole Sacramento Kings thing, if the Bulls were to get back say Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes and maybe some other peripheral pieces whether that's picks or younger guys or whatever it may be, I don't consider that a dump as such, but I just want to be clear as to what we're talking about. Uh, I would say a salary dump is a move that does not net the Bulls any future draft capital or very limited, heavily protected future draft capital um, and no premium young assets. And what I mean by that is like, you know, high-end prospects that have either shown something in the league or are, you know, recently highly drafted players. Okay, cool. So I don't disagree necessarily, but I think what I want to avoid, and this is just for me, more generally what I try to do with any transaction, whether it's balls related or not, is I'm just, I don't necessarily want to just think about this move in isolation. Now, obviously, yes, if I could get back Kevin Herter, uh, you know, Barnes and multiple first round picks, I would love to do that deal. But if for whatever reason, I can't do that. And I think this team is better to move on with Zach Levine and I can only get back Let's say it's just Herder and Barnes. That saves the Bulls about $10 million in yep. money this year. Um, let's say it's just those two for Zach and Tory Craig, who obviously, um, you know, we just talked about as being injured. Mm-hmm. So you get some, you get an additional piece at power forward who can give you solid minutes, who can defend and shoot threes, who's a veteran, who has won championships, who knows what to do and where to be and how to play. And you get Kevin Herder, who's obviously a, a little bit younger, a uh, great movement shooter, but not somebody that has, I think, probably like a ton of untapped upside for him to, you know, become a star down the line. Yeah, I, I, I again, I agree with all that. So I, I guess where I was going to go with that is, but the deal doesn't necessarily have to stop there. And what I mean by that is you can have someone like Kevin Herter come into Chicago, not only help the team now, but potentially build value around him as well. And maybe you could flip someone like Kevin Herter to a team at the deadline, uh, you know, a, a contender would always love to have a movement shooter like someone like Kevin Herter. So could you flip him for a first and a couple seconds or whatever it may be? Or maybe you flip him for a young role guy who's currently entered the league, but maybe has some scope in being something more like that's where my mind goes, I suppose. So I don't necessarily think the deal has to stop at Herder and Barnes. Let's see where it plays out. Obviously, like I said, I would love it to be, or would certainly prefer it to be Herder, Barnes, and Picks. I don't think the scenario that there's no Picks in this trade is feasible because if I'm not mistaken, at minimum, like even Bradley Beal with a non-trade clause who is significantly more injured than Zach, 
at least got a whole bunch of seconds back. Like, so there's going to be some draft capital coming back to the Bulls. I think you could get at least one first round pick. And now maybe this is just me trying to justify it to myself and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I think I, there's, I'm not saying it's impossible that they get a pick, but I'm saying for the purposes of this exercise, let's operate under the hypothetical that they aren't able to, because I think that is where you kind of have to challenge yourself as far as like what makes sense to bring back. And to go back to AK's question, like to me, Kevin Herter is a great fit for somebody who's a two guard. He's six, seven. He can be a movement shooter who doesn't command, you know, heavy usage, but he also uh, doesn't like really hurt you in any way. Um, I mean, he's not a great defensive player, but he doesn't really like change who you want to be um, as far as style, style play. And a couple of people are saying Zach doesn't want, want to go to the Kings. Like that's literally exactly what the uh, reporting is opposing. It's saying that he does want to go to the Kings. Um, so let's say that they can make that move. Uh, like Herter would be a great target for, for me as far as somebody who would be a starting shooting guard um, who adds size and length, who adds more three-point shooting. Um, I think Second he'd be celebration. great. Yeah, I think he'd be great. Yeah. And look, and Harrison Barnes, another really good veteran to have in the locker room to help support, particularly someone like Pat. I think he would be great for for Patrick's development in addition to what you're already getting from Demar and Vooch. So, I would probably still do some sort of deal in that in 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 that scope. So, if you're not giving me first round picks, then you probably have to give me other things. Like maybe you're giving me Davion Mitchell as well, in addition to Herder and and Harrison Barnes, um, because maybe the Kings don't want to necessarily go. Like the, the Kings would be taking on, on a lot more money in that deal if it's just Barnes and Herder. Maybe they don't necessarily want to take it all on. Maybe there's other components to the deal that make it make sense. Maybe there's other things the Bulls can give up to get back some picks. Maybe it's someone like Andre Drummond. Whatever whatever the scope of it looks like, I don't think the deal would end just at Herder and Barnes. So I understand we're playing this hypothetical game, but it's for me, it's hard to play this hypothetical because I just don't believe it's true or it would be the likely outcome. So I guess that's where I'm getting stuck on it. But I do still believe in the fact that one, you could potentially move some of these guys because you essentially what you're doing is you're taking that one big ginormous contract, splitting it up over two or three guys. You get more cap flexibility. There's value in that. There's this value in getting more depth. There's value in the pieces that you're getting back being potentially movable and attractive to other teams, either at the deadline coming up or maybe the off season, whatever it may be. So I still think it would be something I would consider and look to do uh and and very much look to consider uh, quite uh, strongly but to be fair coming back to this the way we started this conversation around sample sizes like what we continue to see from this team will sort of help inform this conversation too now if zach's going to be remaining after the next three to four weeks and the trade trade deadline is still a few months out at least six weeks out whatever it might be I think it's about six or seven weeks, then you still have time on your side here to really evaluate what we're doing. Like we don't need to be pressured into the situation right now. Let's take this nine game sample and see what it looks like after 19 games. If this team continues to play the way they're doing, then maybe I feel even strongly about moving Zach or maybe things just go completely off the wagon. This nine game sample was just a mirage. Things revert back and you're still not getting some good, interesting trade offers for Zach. Maybe you're getting them for Demar and Caruso. When at that point, maybe you reassess. So, the point being, and maybe it's not a good hot take answer, but I think we still got time on our sides. There's still time to really evaluate what we're doing. But I think I'm very keen to move on from the whole Zach Levine experience. I think the team that we're currently seeing is giving me scope and reasons to feel confident in that. And even if I don't think you can get the same return for Zach now that you could have six or 12 months ago, 
I still think there's value in doing it now rather than trying to make it all work again. And if it doesn't work in, I guess this is the other risk, William, like if it doesn't work, if, if Zach returns, you, you go past the deadline, things just fall over again and we revert back to what we've always seen in the sense that Zach, Demar and Vooch can't coexist. It doesn't work. The way the team was playing before or, or, or now disappears, Kobe goes back off ball, all those sorts of things. Then will his value be even lower in the upcoming off season? Like that's that's also a fair hypothetical, I guess, too. If if he does come back and it still falls over and it breaks and he's still playing like us. To me, I I mean, I guess you can always go lower, but I just kind of feel like that's where it is right now. I feel like it's as low as it's gonna be. And, you know, maybe you can still trade him in the deadline after um you, you can trade him at the deadline or you can trade him over the summer, but like the return is probably gonna be about the same unless like something major changes and that could happen but we just don't know um to answer that super chat from ak brags if you could throw that up one more time um uh do you think acme has a long-term plan for trades or is the goal just to win 40 to 45 games um kind of both i mean i think that right now they're trying to determine their long-term plan uh they like like we kind of talked about they have a huge decision to to make with derozan and whether they want to extend him um beyond the season and i think it feels to me like they will. Obviously, that could change or that could just not be true. But I think uh, the way that, you know, the reason the Bulls are succeeding right now is because Kobe White and Patrick Williams and Io have taken a huge step forward. And the reason they're taking a step forward is because they've all kind of taken a share of that vacated usage and scoring opportunity that Zach left behind. And they're playing off of Damar and Vooch and maximizing that. Um, maximizing their play in that role. And so I think like this idea of just move on from all the vets and let the young guys take over, you know, I think that's the reason why the first rebuild didn't really work because they didn't have any veteran players to play off of and to, and to develop off of. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is DeMar making Kobe a lot better and DeMar making Patrick and I a lot better. So I think if this is the direction the Bulls want to keep going, that makes sense to me. Um, but I also think that they are kind of trying to figure out who they are long-term and that's why they're using this period where Zach is out to really evaluate things and make decisions about their future based on whatever they get back from, uh, in a Zach Levine trade, assuming one happens. Um, what was the, uh, that second super chat that came in? Uh, Todd 3T. Appreciate it, Todd. Appreciate it. Indeed, Todd. Uh, long time. First time with TC out. This is a window for uh, Dale and Terry. Crazy hot take. I see super early Rodman potential in him. Uh, he definitely has some energy and some attitude. I'll give you that. Um, and he has really put in a lot of work. I think he's the kind of guy that like, you know, if he can develop his shooting a little bit, that will unlock a lot of some of the other skills that he has. But to me, he's still pretty far away. Um, you know, he, he, uh, had a, a nice game last night Had some good moments had, I think it was like the most minutes he's played all year, but, um, yeah, it's just like, we're going to have to see a lot more of him before we can really even factor him into these conversations. And again, if we're talking about, um, you know, AK using this opportunity, that's gotta be a piece of it is to see what you have in some of your younger players, Dale and Terry, Julian Phillips included. Dale and Terry, a good rebounder for a guard. So maybe that's where the Dennis Rodman comparison <laughs> can uh, draw some um, some parallels too, but uh, appreciate that, Todd. Uh, look, 
Yeah, it's good. Look, I, I, coming back to my point, I think we just need to see more. And maybe looping this back to where we started, like I'm, I haven't changed my opinion of where I still think this team needs to go more generally and holistically. I still don't believe in this team over the next two to three years because at some point, Damar and Vuce are going to drop off and their creation right now and the support that they're providing to these younger guys is super helpful. But in the event that DeMar really ages out, and that could be as soon as next season if it doesn't happen at the end of this season. So let's assume that happens. Well, where is that secondary creation coming from? Who is going to support Kobe White in doing so? Like That's a concern that I have with DeMar or without DeMar. So I still, I still have my long-term issues with this team. I still don't believe that this team has enough blue-chip talent for me to really buy into this team being a young, hopeful thing. Like, like I would if I was an Orlando fan or an OKC fan or insert rebuild that's going really well that I am envious of. But there are still good things happening here. So I think we can be good enough to acknowledge the issues that may arise down the future whilst also sort of celebrating those these momentary successes whilst they are happening. And given where the start of this season was and things were absolutely terrible, the Bulls were the laughing stock of the NBA. They were 5-14. and 14. Zach was disgruntled. The whole thing was just not a vibe at all. Uh, the fact that the team is playing the way they are, connected for each other on both sides of the ball, uh, I'm just happy right now. Like I'm enjoying this momentary few weeks of good basketball. And I think we can have that whilst also keeping our eyes on the, on the bigger picture and... Uh, yeah, that's currently where I'm at as a Bulls fan, William. Um, and I'm I'm happy with that. And I'm happy to be I, podcasting with you too. That always makes me happy. And I'm happy to be here with you too. Um I've got uh uh I've got a little bit more I wanna I wanna hit on on that topic. Um so if it's okay with Braggs and you to go a little bit long, just a couple more minutes, I wanna okay. touch on that a little bit more. But first, uh another word from our sponsor. Yeah, Ray, Ray I'm, Slurk, I'm completely Dodge, okay with Steve. it. And oh, here he goes, interrupting again. So, I just You're interrupting the ad reads well, now, I, Brad, like, I, interrupt, I interrupt Mark. You can interrupt me. Day. I'm okay I with that. I don't have anything important to say. So, like, you can interrupt me whenever you want, but not the That's ad reads. That's not true, Ray. Not the ad reads. is important. Thank you. Thank you for... Thank you for saying that. They are important. And if you are looking for a new vehicle, that's exactly where you should look. Our partners, Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake, and they are making room for their incoming 2024 vehicles. You know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock during their limited time wrap up the year sales event for a limited time, get 15% off new 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokee with the dealer discount at Ray CDJR. You'll always be able to shop on Chicago lands, largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect. Thanks to the Ray price promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. But that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at RayCDJR slash service. Hurry in. You must book before December 31st, 2023. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out our friends at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more inf information, visit RayCDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com, serving the community since 1963. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to hit on one more thing here because 
um, like we've, we've had podcast, um, similar to this, you know, for the last couple of weeks now. And as we start to kind of spin it forward here and think about life after Levine, um, I think like Kobe white has completely changed the calculus of where this, where this team can go. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't want that to be lost in this conversation. Like I think everybody's praising his play lately and with, um, with great reason, like he's just been out of his mind. Um, I think like 22, five and five on 50, 50, 90 shooting splits, 50, 50, 85 uh, shooting splits over the last 15 games has stepped up into a huge role with Zach out and is just like turning into exactly the kind of player that the bulls always needed Zach to be, um, which is kind of ironic because that's kind of what's allowing DeMar to, to live in this playmaking space. Um, he's obviously getting his own, but he's really keeping the ball moving. Vooch is making plays, keeping the ball shifting side to side. And Kobe's playing off of them. He's obviously capable of creating his own shot, but like I think he's at his best, really like dominating as a uh, play finisher as opposed to a play starter. And to me, I think that sort of changes what we look at when we say like this team needs to rebuild. Um, because I think when they were five and 14 and Kobe was not playing well and Patrick was not playing well, uh, playing well and Io has, was not playing well, then it's like, okay, we need to find good young pieces. We need to start um, really investing in draft capital because we need to be able to find young players to build around. But the way that they're playing now, like those are some really good young players to build around. And I think that that has just completely changed the way that um, that we look at this team, that I think fans look at this, this team. And so that to me is like what this sort of continuing rebuild means is like, continuing to invest in them. And I think by investing in DeMar longer term in Vooch, like you're able to invest in those guys because they help them play better. Um, and I still think that the, the the main thing that the Bulls need is to find a star, like a better star than DeMar. He's been great, but I think long-term, they still need to be able to find a number one option to become a title contending team. And I don't think that they've really given themselves a lot of ways to do that. Um, they don't really have a ton in the way of additional draft capital coming in. I don't really see as well as they played any of the guys that they have becoming like true top 15, top 20 players in the league. Maybe that's the case. I don't want to like say that's impossible, but just based on what we've seen so far, I just, I don't see that that's the case. Um, and so I, I still think that that's ultimately what they need to find. I think that's the hardest thing to find, but I do think they're in, like, I made that joke a couple weeks ago about how the Bulls have the bleakest future. Like, Kobe has completely wiped that away. Like, he's just been so good. Patrick has been so good that now they are playing in a different league a little bit. And so, like, yeah, you're absolutely right that you can take a little bit more uh, joy in the success that they're having because it means that the young players are playing well. They're doing it because the young players are playing well. And they're playing well off of the stars. And those stars will not last forever. but um, I just think that that puts the the team in a totally different category than, you know, three, four or five weeks ago. And um, yeah, maybe that does change the calculus of what you're looking for in a Zach Levine trade. Um, but it's just, it's, they've, they've really in a lot of ways like lucked out that Kobe has turned into this version of himself because it just gives them more avenues, more optionality to be able to make moves moving forward. 
And I think that's another uh, pro of Zach missing some time is that they've just got a lot of time to try to figure out who they are and what their plan should be because things are so different now. Yeah, look, I, I definitely agree. And I was there too in the sense that I thought the Bulls were, in terms of young assets, if not the bottom, then sort of definitely bottom five in terms of young players. Now, I think Kobe doing what Kobe's doing has changed that sum, but I don't know how much, how much materially it has changed because we're talking about Kobe going from a role guy to being a guy. I still don't think he's the guy, but he's a guy now. So that makes me more confident than what I was three, four, five weeks ago. But look, coming back to what I said before, like I either either Io and Pat need to make a Kobe-sized leap for me to really feel differently about this young core, or you need to go and find someone else who's prepared to make that or is capable in making that similar leap that Kobe has. Now, I don't know how you do that. And in some respects, the Bulls were kind of screwed regardless from that path point of view. If we're, if we're thinking about the best way to acquire that type of talent is at the top of the draft then being bad in 2024 when that draft or that type of player maybe doesn't exist at the top of the draft or there's more unknowns about these players like this probably wasn't the year to maybe do it anyway but obviously they've got picks owing in 2025 which may or may not convert who knows but we also don't know what the zach thing looks like so yeah it's an interesting thing but like i i agree with you like i still don't think this is enough if we're talking about the next iteration of the team like kobe and pat and io isn't enough you need pat and i to break out you need julian phillips and terry uh dale and terry to become real guys not just like end of rotation bench guys who maybe you can trust as eighth or nine men you no, you need them to be more than that assuming you can't go out and find that top level guy somewhere else whether it's with your own draft pick and you're tanking and rebuilding or maybe you trade Zach or Caruso when if you get back a pick for those guys, you make the right pick and, you know, the, the 12th overall selection that you drafted in, in a, in, in a, you know, with the first round pick that you get back from Alex Caruso trade, like maybe that guy hits and you, you get very, very lucky in that sense. Like, but that's, that's the path at the moment. And I don't know, how you fix that or solve that, William. And that's where I guess I guess I come back to the doom and gloom thing from a longer term perspective. But coming back to the other thing, like right now, that's why I'm maybe trying to solve or take solace in what we're seeing now because I don't necessarily believe in where things are ahead and maybe more generally. But again, like who knows? Let's see what happens, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess I, I don't have anything grand or sweeping to, to say beyond that, but let's just see. Let's just see. Kobe's eclipsed my expectations. Maybe Patrick does the same and maybe then my evaluation of the entire thing changes. But I do still think this team needs more younger talent on it, more blue chip talent. I don't think there would be a Bulls fan out there that disagrees with that. Maybe we have disagreements in terms of the method in how we go in and get that player. Maybe there are. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are some people out there that do think Kobe, Pat, and Io is enough. I would like to think that that's a small minority, but um, you never know. But look, before we jump out, we've got another super chat here from uh, Messio Allison. We appreciate you sending that one in. He asks, what do you guys think the Pelicans or Magic would offer for Zach or Caruso? Do you think they're interesting destinations or potentially likely destinations for either Zach or a Caruso? Um, the Pelicans are an interesting one for Zach. Uh, actually, really, both of them are for Zach. I think 29 teams in the league will be vying for Caruso, and I don't think the Bulls are trading him. Um, but I think, like, if you put something together around, like, CJ McCollum, who has a pretty brutal contract, and that would be a reason, I think, for the Pelicans to be 
uh, willing to attach an asset to move off of him. So maybe like Dyson Daniels and CJ McCollum for Zach, I, I'd be pretty excited about that. I think Dyson is a really nice young prospect. He can pass the ball. He can facilitate. He's an athlete. He can defend. Um, he's Australian. So I'm sure you love it. Uh, and I just, and I think CJ kind of gives you most of what Zach gives you. Um, so you get that extra scoring burst. He's obviously uh, much smaller and not the defensive player. Not that Zach is a great defender either, but like, I think he really hurts you uh, on that end. So, you know, but he's a great veteran. He's a great leader. And I think the the money works. So maybe there's a pick involved in that. Um, we'll, we'll have to see, but I, I can see that as, uh, as a, a Zach destination, the magic, you know, they're an interesting one because they're so young and as well as they're playing right now. Um, like, I wonder if they're going to press the hurry up button and like kind of go for it here, their offense and their half court offense specifically is just horrendous. Um, like Franz and Paolo are great players and I think they're going to be great players, but they really need some shot creation uh, around them and they need floor spacing around them. And so I could see Zach being a good fit there, but I also just don't know if they're going to be the team that's like ready to go full steam ahead, but they've got expiring contracts and Markel Fultz, who I really like and who I think, you know, he plays at a great speed. He can get up and down. He's a great passer, great defender. He could be useful, does not shoot at all though, which could be a problem. Um, and then, you know, they've got, expiring salaries in Jonathan Isaac and Joe Ingles. Um, so th they've got some guys and they've got draft picks. So it's just really a matter of like, and, and this is true for, you know, any potential Zach destination is like one, you're going to have to, you're going to have to figure out if it's worth it for you. Um, I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about today that we just didn't get a chance to was like this narrative going around that, like when, whenever a team gets linked to Zach, you'll see people being like, yeah, I don't know if they, if they'll, if Zach is the guy to put them over the top, like Zach's not the guy to put anybody over the top, except for maybe like the Lakers. He's just not that, it's not why you're getting Zach. You're getting Zach because he's a great scorer. You can take pressure off of guys like Franz and Paolo. And, you know, if put in the right situation, he can make your team better. Um, so I think like for teams like the Lakers or who have established A1 stars, like he will be really helpful in that team's offense. Um, and I think also like, I mean, look at the 76ers. Maxi's been playing great. Embiid's been playing great. But people like just get so pilled over, you know, like cheap role players that like achieve at a high level. And it's like in the playoffs, you need a third star. You need two guys that can get you a bucket on the court at all times because they're going to take one of them away. And I, I just think people kind of forget the value of that as a player archetype. And that's who Zach is. So Yes, he's making a lot of money, but like if you want to achieve at a really high level, you kind of need a player like that. And if you have the right infrastructure around him, I think he can be really good in that role. So, um, yeah, I still think the Lakers make the most sense. Uh, maybe the Kings just want to go like one trillion percent offense and zero percent defense. And if that's what they want to do, like that kind of makes sense to me. Um, they also need another half court scorer um, for when one of Fox or Sabonis is off the court. But um, yeah, just this idea that like Zach is the guy you're going all in for. He's not costing you three first round picks. Like that's not, you're not, nobody's paying that. Nobody's paying that price. So I don't really get that as a reason not to. It's really like, is he, is he going to fit on in your infrastructure? Do you have the defensive support and sort of like the, you know, whether it's a team, like I said, that has an A1 scoring option that Zach will play off of, 
or a team that's got a bunch of good young guys that, you know, can benefit to have a great score next to him, next to Cade Cunningham and Jalen Duran. Like I think Zach would really help there. Um, I think he would really help Paolo and Franz. So it's just about do those teams buy into Zach? Do they convince themselves that Zach is the guy for them? And how much are they willing to give up? And, you know, I have questions about the second part. I do ultimately think teams will be interested enough in Zach to buy at the trade deadline, but there's a lot of time between then and now. And maybe a couple teams get in on the Zach sweepstakes and that really changes the price. So like I said, a lot can change, but um, it's really just, it's going to come down to like who really thinks Zach is going to fit in with what they do and can make them better. And right now it doesn't really feel like there are any teams like that out there, but um, I would not be surprised if a couple pop up before February 8th. Yeah. And that's the exciting thing. We've got more time to talk about this. Let's see how it evolves. The team on the court is doing their thing. I'm enjoying what we're seeing on the court. This Zach discussion trade like the holistic conversations we're having as a fan base about what should or shouldn't be happening next. It's fun. I like talking about it. But uh, as Dreads has suggested here in the comments, dang, this has been a long stream. It has. It has been a long stream. But you and know we why? appreciate you sticking around. We do. We, we, we certainly do. But when, when the goat is cooking and, you know, he's on a good rant as the host, you just, you just got to let him cook. You just let him, you let him go. So this has been a long stream, but we appreciate everyone hanging around. Uh, and if you're enjoying this show, look, this is just my humble opinion, but I think this is the best Bulls podcast to ever exist. Am I humble in saying that? Absolutely not. But I think it is a true statement. And when you've got top shelf production like we've received today with Greg Braggs, like this is absolutely the best podcast going around. There he is on the screen. So uh, follow Braggsy. Where, mm-hmm. where can they do that, people? Uh, Braggsy, where can the he people looks, follow you? over my shoulder. Look at this collage I made of all the different newspapers I saved from... <laughs> The glory days. Look at that. It's one of a That's kind. That's great, mate. Well one done. One of a kind. I'm not selling it. So don't <laughs> you are one of a kind, Braggs. That is true. <laughs> what was I saying about this being the best podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Follow Braggsy online, wherever that is on Twitter. I think it's at Greg Braggs Jr. 3233, something like that. Whatever, wherever you follow him. What is it, Braggsy? 23, G Braggs Jr. 23. For Michael Jeffrey Jordan, thank you very much. There you go. Get 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 all that stuff. The Meeple NFL Chicago Bears talk. Who cares about the Bears? But if you want to dive into that, obviously Braggsy's where you get that. Uh, follow us at chdo underscore ball chdo sports. All all chdo is the website. All chdo.com. Obviously William at will underscore goatleave, the most handsome beat man going around. I'm at, on Twitter too at mk hoops. Just being an annoying contrarian that people hate, apparently. But uh, apart from that, on your way out, give us a like. Give us a like here on YouTube. If you're on Apple, Spotify, five-star reviews, all that's good stuff. But uh, we do appreciate everyone for hanging with us. It's been a long one, but it's been a fun one. Uh, The Bulls playing the Lakers tomorrow night at the UC. Matt, Dave, and William will have you covered uh, tomorrow for that game. So appreciate everyone for tuning in. the boys will have you back tomorrow and let's see if this winning streak can continue. Can they make it seven and three out of their last 10? Let's see. Let's see. But I uh, appreciate you tuning in Bulls fans. Speak soon. Like the mayor. 